If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hello, beautiful human, and welcome to In the Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen. My guest today is Ebony Banks. She's an intuitive healer who comes from a family of healers and wellness practitioners. Her father was a hypnotherapist who owned a mental health clinic, and her maternal great-grandmother read palms for a living. As a trauma survivor, Ebony has learned to use her wealth of inner spiritual resources to thrive on her own healing journey, and she's now been inspired and is very passionate to teach others how they can do the same. She helps them learn how to fully access their intuition to heal the stuck parts of their lives that prevent them from living fully. I am so excited and already grateful for this conversation. So let's get in the details with Ebony. Ebony, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited too. These are like all my favorite things to talk about. Yes. (laughs) And even in our just brief chat of getting to know each other, I'm like, wow, she feels like a sister who understands so much of what I've been through personally. So I know that this is going to be a blessing to so many of our listeners. I'm so happy to hear that. And I was thinking the same thing. It's rare that people can understand their hardships. And for me, it's been trauma through intuition, you know? So meeting someone else with a same experience is like, it's lovely. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, let's talk about your experience. So if you could tell us a little more of your spiritual journey and what led you to become an intuitive healer. And I just want to also preface this for all of our listeners, you know, my story, there is trauma. And so as you listen to this conversation with Ebony, as she shares her story, um, as we share our stories, we just ask you to listen with care, to take care of yourself as you listen to this. If you need to step away, if there's something that you need to do to just nurture your soul so that you can come back and learn from our experiences, we invite you to do that at any time. So Ebony, I'm sorry for interrupting before you answered, but would love to hear about your spiritual journey. Yeah. I mean, thank you for saying that because it's so important to give people like a heads up, right? You never know what you're going to hear. But so I was an intuitive child. I've been intuitive my entire life, you know, and as a child, I didn't understand it and I didn't understand myself, you know, and I didn't talk to anyone about the experiences that I was having. I just knew that I knew things other people didn't know, you know. Could you share one of those experiences so we have understanding? Yeah. So I, I was always aware of just like who like family dynamics, you know, like things that were going on that no one said to me, but I could tell in the energy I could tell. And I just like new things, very direct things too, you know, about what was going on in like adult family dynamics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a child, the intuition that I was experiencing was like clear cognizance, you know, it was like an automatic knowing of things. And because I had never heard of it, I didn't know what it was. And I was raised in a Christian family. And all I knew about spirituality was like Jesus, you know, I actually thought that I was bad because I knew things that people didn't tell me because I was like, how do I know this? I'm not supposed to know this, you know? So it's been a journey, you know, and then in my kind of like adolescence, I thought it went away. That's how I processed it because I wasn't having those experiences as often. And then in my twenties, I met like-minded people that just really, you know, opened up this whole world to me that, oh, like what I'm experiencing is real. And I had like language that I could put to it and just people who understood me. And so it was really life-changing for me. And, you know, present day, my, I'm a trauma survivor and my trauma 
I was totally led by intuition to like heal myself from my trauma. You know, it was showing up for years in all these different ways and how I was like managing my life. And I didn't understand why until like hindsight, I started writing this book, maybe in 2019, I started writing my memoir and all this stuff was coming out of me that made so much sense as to why I was guided to do the things I had been guided to do like, you know, years prior. So it's very interesting how it all has happened. <laughs> you know, I've heard this before, though, for individuals who were in touch with their intuition from a very young age, mm-hmm. going through that experience around adolescence of disconnecting from their intuition because they didn't have people around them who were affirming that, no, this is good Absolutely. and this is okay. And you should be listening to your, you know, still inner voice, our inner guide, as I like to call it. Yep. And, but I think we've all kind of gone through that experience of abandoning ourselves yes. and then finding ourselves again through different life experiences. Sure. But do you think that intuition is something that everyone actually has, or do you think that it's a gift that some people have? That is such a good question. I know everyone has it and I know everyone is using it all day, every day, whether they are aware of it or not. You know, so many people, it's such a small, you know, and until you're used to using it, because I think of it as like a muscle. Right. Yes. And you kind of have to like exercise that muscle to hear it, you know. And so initially it will sound really small and quiet. And our thoughts are so much louder than our intuition is. And the thoughts dominate, you know, and the thoughts are assertive and it dominates. But the more you kind of exercise your intuitive muscle, the more you will hear it because it will get louder for you. And you'll be able to recognize when you're thinking and when you're, it's your intuition, you know, mm-hmm, absolutely. They're definitely two very different things. And it can be tricky because they actually live in the, they, the way it's set, the way I receive both of them is in the same place. <laughs> you know, tell, tell me a little bit about that. So I'm super in tune, you know, with like my internal world, you know, and my inner world in general. And so for me, my intuition can come into my mind in the same way that, you know, a thought comes into my mind. Right. I also am very used to like using my body to access intuition too, because when I, you know, I know how to tell when my body is telling me yes, or my body is telling me no, Mm -hmm. right. Based on like how, how relaxed I am at any given moment, just the feelings and sensations that are happening in my body at any given moment. Typically if I'm, and for, you know, well, I don't know if it's true for anyone, but typically if I'm restricting any part of my body, you know, that's, clearly a sign I'm uncomfortable. And that's like a no, Mm -hmm. but when I'm relaxing and I'm opening and I'm relaxing my body, then that's a yes. And so I actually use that to to check in with myself. Like, you know, I will ask myself a specific question and like feel about it in my body and see what Mm -hmm. my body is telling me. But when it comes to like what's happening in my, and I guess in my brain, you know, and brain and mind for me can be two different things. (laughs) They're very different in my world. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so like my thoughts live in my brain. Right. And I, I think the intuition is coming from my mind, but I receive them like all in my head. <laughs> mm, interesting. You're describing this combination that I have also felt. And I always kind of wrestle with, because whenever I share stuff with people, I'm, I, 
I like things black and white, but I live in the gray. That's how I describe myself to people. <laughs> like, I do like things to be right or wrong or good or bad, but the reality is it's just not that way. And I think the reason anybody who's wired like that is because we we want certainty, right? Yes. And so as I was exploring this relationship with intuition, it was very hard to say it's like this because mm-hmm. for everybody, it can be slightly different. different. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and there's so many cues that we're picking up on all day, every day that we are not even conscious that we're picking up on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a very abstract topic. And we've also been socialized not to, you know, focus on our inner world and not to pay attention. And so I, I think the more we do that, the more we can normalize it. Like this is actually how we should be living. This is a more fruitful way of living when you can learn how to access information from yourself and know that you have an innate intelligence that is always with you. Yes, absolutely. And when you do that, you actually do a few things. You learn how to love yourself more. You get to know yourself better. And really the ultimate goal is you learn how to trust yourself more because we do trust other external forces, you know, validation from people, something we found on the internet, something, someone, anything, right. When really as we build this relationship with ourselves and we strengthen our intuition, we learn to trust ourselves when we find our ourselves faced with really challenging moments or or moments that we're looking for solutions or you know resolution. And yeah. for you going through that trauma, would you mind you know talking a little bit about sure. what you went through, but most importantly, in the midst of that time, how you were able to tap into your intuition and strengthen that relationship? Yes, for sure. So it's so interesting how it happened. So I'm also a yogi. And, you know, for me, my body, getting into my body, you know, was a very big part of my healing journey. And I would cry after yoga classes and I didn't know like what was going on with me. And it was because my body was like releasing so much that I wasn't aware of because I'm a rape survivor. So, oh gosh, initially it started out with me just really, I I retreated from my social circles you know, I was like saying no to every invitation. I didn't even want to like leave my home, you know, and I didn't know why, but I honored it. You know, I just went with the flow and then, you know, it started and I was doing yoga at the same time. I started doing yoga at the same time and, you know, yoga, around the time of the event. The, no. So the event happened years ago. I repressed it for several years. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I should probably mention that part. So I had to unrepress it, right. In order to deal with it. And so the event happened when I was 25 and I repressed it for years. And so um, I remember having a conversation with Dr. James Gordon, who like focuses on like mind body stuff. And he had written this book called Transformations. And I went to a talk about the book and I was asking him, how did I unrepress? Like, how did that even happen? Because a lot of people confuse repression with suppression and they're actually two very different things. So repression is kind of like, well, it is a, a mental defense mechanism where the brain has experienced such highly painful experiences that it pushes it so far away from the brain that it's the person is behaving as if it didn't happen. Mm. Right. And suppression is, so repression is subconscious and suppression is conscious. It's an at will conscious choice to not show your emotions. So they're different in that way. One is mental, one is emotional. 
one is subconscious, one is conscious. And uh, he was saying to me that like all of the yoga and the meditation that I was doing created a natural conversation between my mind and my body, which allowed me to, you know, accept that this horrible thing happened to me. And so then I had to deal with it. So there were many like steps. Wow. I thought it was a long explanation, but the repression part like adds another layer to it. I do not think that was a long explanation at all. I, you know, what's so profound to me from what you explained is that as you were taking care of yourself and loving yourself through yoga, which is such a beautiful act of self-love, it is so good for us. As you were doing that, what came up was, hey, if you really want to love yourself, there are some other parts that have probably been pushed so far away that you didn't even know you needed to heal. But as you're engaging in this self-love, you know, it was also like, and here's some more that needs to be loved, that needs to be healed. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And I was meditating a lot at the same time. Although I started meditating like years before that, it's the yoga that really changed it for me because it put me in my body in a different way. Mm. And Mm. again, accessing intuition, it's a very kind of sensual experience because you're very much aware of how your body is responding at a Mm -hmm. level that you've never been aware before. Mm -hmm. And so yoga heightened that awareness for me Mm -hmm. and it really aided me in like being able to like get all this information that led me to like retreat from my friends and, you know, doing things that I just really needed to do for myself. Mm. So in the midst of this early stage, as you were doing yoga, and then you started to recognize that you had repressed something, Mm -hmm. you opened yourself up to healing that. I did. What did that look like? Oh my goodness. So because I'm, I've been high, it looked like so many things, you know, of course, of course I did all my spiritual things and I did like all my practical things because I wanted to make sure I was attending to all of me. So, you know, I went to a therapist and it was so the first session was incredible. I was in tears. It was amazing releasing so much stuff. And then I had a past life regression, (laughs) you know, I was doing all kinds of crystal therapy just at home with myself, meditation, uh, Reiki, like I was doing everything. I was doing everything. And also just because that's who I am. And that's, that's how I understand life through that lens, you know? Mm -hmm. So they were all very helpful. (laughs) And of all the things that you tried, what do you think was something that had the most profound impact on your healing? Probably the therapy. Mm -hmm. The therapy was amazing. And, you know, I went pretty consistently for about two years. And then we got to a point where she said, you know, I don't think you need to come anymore. Mm. You know? And I was like, really? She said, yeah, the way you're processing things and you know, where you are, just keep doing what you're doing. Like you don't need to see me, you know what to do. And since then there've been a few times where I've like reached out to her like, okay, (laughs) this is happening and I need some support. Right. But then in the course of my conversation with her, like I come up with the answer. So she's like, Ebony C. Just give yourself more time. Like you don't need to see me. Yeah, But also having someone that you can see who knows you, who knows the things you've been through, who's seen you on this journey that, you know, there is, there's something to be said about loving support and community, even if the answers are, are already within to just be in that space with someone who sees you and who loves you and who, who holds space for you to find the answer on your own. I mean, that's such a gift. Yeah, absolutely. And, and although, you know, I think meditation was also good for me too, because Meditation is something I've been doing long before, but it like deepened, you know, 
And I was doing it more often and it allowed me, you know, just more like grace with myself in a certain way, you know, because the therapy is great for a kind of very like 3D, realistic, practical life things. And for me attending to that part of me, but there, we're also all spiritual, right? We're spiritual beings too. And so I think it's important to mirror whatever you're doing in your 3D physical life with something that is tending to your spiritual being part as well. Mm. And for me, that was meditation was so big for me with that. Mm-hmm. And yoga was like a combination of all of it, you know? Yes. Yes. And thank you for mentioning that you use so many different things because same, and, <laughs> and because we're all so different. I think that's, that's actually part of the journey is yeah. finding what works for you, trying Absolutely. different things. And exposure, you know, with different people, reading different books, trying different techniques. There's so many different ways. I feel so fortunate to live during a time where we have access to this and, and also that the shame is breaking from needing help and needing healing. And, you know, for meditation, for me, I, oh my gosh, it changed the way that I talked to myself. Yes. That was the biggest takeaway for meditation with me was, and I thought I was doing meditation wrong for such a long time. <laughs> There's no like, wrong. There is no wrong. I sat silent for two years before I actually started meditating. Wow. Yes. I have to be committed to that. (laughs) You do. You do. And also, you know, I think knowing yourself again, as you continue to develop this relationship, like knowing what works for you is going to be really helpful because I tried so many times to jump in to like a 15 minute meditation, like coming straight out cold. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. I was going too hard, too fast, right? It's like if you went to the gym, you're like, I'm about to bench press 200 pounds. What? No, you work your way up to it. So by doing smaller, more mindful practices that would help me to drop into the moment or create some space or create some silence and stillness even. And then of course, using different tools and even apps that helped me to understand. It's just, again, I think it all goes back to us trying these different things so we can figure out what works for us because we're all so different. Totally. And since then I've I've done some breath work, but I don't like it that much, you know, Mm -hmm. but the benefits of breath work, I love, but the actual work I'm not, I'm not crazy about, you know, Mm -hmm. breath work is super powerful too. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And I haven't gotten into a regular practice with that, but I use it in moments where I sense my body holding tension. Yeah. Yeah. That's the piece. (laughs) That is the piece. I love it. Now tell me you work with other individuals, you work with them on their own healing. How do you incorporate intuition in, into your healing sessions? And I, and, you know, I think this question can be uh, approached two different ways. Cause one, it's like, how do I use my intuition to help them or how do I help them access their intuition? So I will leave it up to you on how you want to answer. (laughs) That, that is, yes, there is a differentiation. So, I mean, I'm a mystic you know, <laughs> and I've been my whole life. And so for me, I, you know, I'm Claire Tangent. And so that's what maybe. is Claire Tangent. So Claire Tangent, I think of it as one of the lesser known Claire's because most people are familiar with like Claire senses and clairvoyance is a very popular one. Right. Mm-hmm. And the word Claire, C-L-A-I-R, it just means clear. Mm-hmm. And then the ending tells you like what kind of, you know, what the clear is and tangent means touch. So for me, I have sessions with clients where I 
touch them and I receive information about them and I kind of tell them what their body is telling me. Mm. And I learned I could do that accidentally. And that's a whole wild story in and of itself. But so, yes, that's how I intuitively support people. I think, you know, all the clear senses fall under intuition. It's just a heightened awareness, you know, it's a heightened use of intuition. And so that's how it shows up for me most dominantly right now is in that way. And so, yeah, I I share clear tangents readings with people. Mm. Would you mind sharing a meaningful experience of using your gifts and how that helped to support your client? Yeah, sure. So I had a client recently and as soon as I touched her womb, it was so interesting because I knew she had experienced sexual assault, you know? And so I asked her and she said, yes. And, you know, it had been more than once, but there was one time in particular that she kind of recognized as being assault. You know, the other time she had blamed herself because, you know, she was like, oh, I was a drunk college student and la la la, you know, but the pain that those experiences brought her, she was literally still carrying them in her womb. And, you know, it's been about 10 years or so. You know, she's had a child, like all these things have happened in her womb, but she's still carrying that. And so I had to bring that to her attention and, you know, gave her tools and things that she could do to, to heal her womb and to also heal herself by acknowledging that this is still paining her and to not take, you know, the responsibility that she's taking and making it her fault, you know, Mm -hmm. which we do as women so often. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. That's all. That's a whole nother episode, Ebony. That (laughs) is a whole nother episode. (laughs) And was your client surprised that you were able to pinpoint that just through? Yes, yes, very much so. You know, these are people I don't know. I've never met before. And what even blows me away, because I'm blown away by the fact that I that this happens. Like, I would like science to tell me how is this happening? How is this happening? How on Where earth is the black happening? and white to know? <laughs> right? I'm blown away that it can even happen remotely. You know, like I see clients when I'm here and they're anywhere in the world and I use a teddy bear you know, and I touch and the teddy bear is kind of like, I'll touch the parts of the teddy bear's body and I can still tune into the person's energy and get the same information. It's wild. Wow. It's divine. Let me stop saying wild. It is, it's divine. And I think about wildly divine. Yeah, there we go. I like that. I've never used that before. Yes. Please use that forever and always. I that, love that. It, there's so much energy, you know, excitement. So wild sounds like it is, it's appropriate. I understand what you say. <laughs> But divine too, because it's unexplainable. And I I think that's what the divine is. It's yes. something none of us are um, discounting. It's just, we can't explain it, but that's what we it is. We can't explain it. And it's, and all of us have our own divine expressions. Like that happens to be mine that I learned accidentally and your intuition will lead you to that. But I think for so many people, it really starts too with, with knowing, you know, and, and believing that you have an innate intelligence, right? That you are more than your brain. You know, your intuition is more intelligent than your brain, right? It can see what your brain cannot see. And it has memory that your brain has forgotten, right? Like your intuition is everything. And so I think a big hurdle for a lot of people is just recognizing that like we are spiritual beings. We are, we are more than our physical bodies. And the more that you marry those parts of yourselves, you know, the more you can um, experience life in a, in a like happier, more joyful way. And also like create more of what you're wanting and 
and just really have a greater appreciation for like this whole experience that we get to have as human beings. Oh yes. Because what happens is we limit ourselves yes. and I, and I think the intuition helps you to explore yes. the expansiveness that's available, the abundance that's Absolutely. available for us. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so sad that people don't know more about it, which is why like I'm doing my best to like share yes. because it's, it's an amazing gift that all of us have. Well, I was just talking to my best friend about this the other day. And I said to her, we take for granted the things that have helped us create this quality of life, you know, because everybody's story being so different, you and I similar in the sense where we were able to tap into this new way of being through trauma. But once you come over to this side and you're like, oh, wow, like this is what everybody is trying to get. This is what everybody is trying to achieve, but we're doing it in the wrong way because, you know, society has ingrained these falsehoods that make us believe that these narrow paths, you know, whether it's go to the right school or marry the right person or whatever it may be prescribed, these social norms start to take away from what is really helping us to unlock and success is a limiting word, but yeah. it, it is what people may say, like it helps you to unlock success or it helps you to unlock this fullness of living, helps you to unlock a deeper appreciation and quality of relationship and healthy relationship. I mean, all the different things that we are in search for, of and that we hope to acquire, it actually happens when this inner work is done and we find a new way of being in this world with yes. all of those other stipulations surrounding us and all those other things vying for our attention. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And this should be our primary way of being because it supports yeah. all of those other things like those other things are under this umbrella mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it can support you with your business your relationships your finances like whatever you need it to support you with you just have to learn how to tap into that and how to understand it you and know in it. the beginning it can be tricky because you know you won't always understand it accurately mm-hmm. it will take some time to develop that muscle yeah mm-hmm. has there ever been a time where your intuition was wrong never yeah, I love that. No, not ever. Not ever. Has there ever been a time where you didn't listen to your intuition and you wish you had? No, but what has happened is kind of recently, I, I had a very strong guidance and it just didn't make sense to me. Like logically, it did not, like, I, it didn't make sense to me. I followed it, you know, but I fought it tooth and nail the whole time because I just didn't understand it. I just didn't understand it. So that has happened, but it's never wrong. And, you know, yeah, it's always been so lovely Mm. and loving. Mm, I love that. I love that. So how do you help your clients tap into their intuition, which I can imagine one of the first things they need to do is overcome some limiting beliefs, you know, get out of their own way a little bit, but how do you help others start to cultivate this inner relationship? You know, it starts really with acknowledging what is happening in your outer world, like really being truthful and honest with yourself about what in your life needs to change, what makes you happy and not happy and like owning those things, you know, because the way I I process intuition, it's like, if you, those things are barriers, if you're not telling yourself the truth about anything that's happening in your life, you know, being unhappy at a job, in a relationship, whatever the case may be, you know, if if those practical 3D life things are are not in a, if you don't have a an honest relationship with yourself, 
then you will have a harder time accessing your intuition because it can't get to you unless you're in your truth. Ooh, that's a really great way of putting it. Oh my gosh, Ebony, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Wow. And I learned that because as I was going through my healing journey, the more I healed, like the more my intuition grew. Mm. <laughs> right. Like I was accessing more information from this world around me. And yeah. So it, that's where I start with people. Like you really like you, and, and that's a, that can be a hard place to start. That's not fun. And yeah. it doesn't feel good. And it may make you change some things in your life, mm-hmm. you know, and change some relationships and, you know, but that's, that's how you have to start because otherwise you're not, you haven't created the energetic, you know, environment, (laughs) you know, in yourself, you haven't cultivated like that level of truth that is needed for your intuition to then guide you because it is guidance. And if you're not truthful with yourself, how can it guide you? Yes. I, there's a part of this technique that I teach, um, stop and shift. And the, I tell them before you can even get into applying the technique, you have to accept your starting point. Now, acceptance is a really tricky thing, right? Because people think acceptance means I'm okay with how it is. I'm okay with, well, that must have been right. Right. And that's not what it means. It just means exactly what you said. Yes, that is such a good point. And, you know, I always say everything is always in divine order and it can also be perceived that way. So I have to be mindful of when I say that and I have to explain that because, you know, just because something is happening in your life doesn't mean it's in divine order, right? Like mm-hmm. the 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 testament to whether or not it is divine or not is if it makes you feel good and makes you happy. Period. Mm-hmm. And if it does not, then it is not in divine order. Like it's really you have to ask yourself that one simple question: Does this feel good to me? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Does because the source good? of the divine is love, right? Mm. Some people will think, you know, staying in an abusive relationship is divine because it's, you know, keeping their family together. Like, no, that is, does it feel good? Then it is not divine. You know, people can interpret that all kinds of ways. So that's kind of my go-to, my one way for people that I share with my clients, like figure out if something is for them or not. If it feels good, it's really simple. Yes. Oh, I can't tell you how many times looking back in my business, the evolution of my business, <laughs> how many times I could see that I was out of alignment. I've had actually many guests on here as well who have shared in their business when they could recognize they were out of alignment because they were sick. I mean, ended up in the hospital sick. For me, thankfully, it didn't get to that point. But what was happening inside were all of the blockers. I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Oh, wait, there's resistance or this isn't happening. Or yes. what. And I started to notice, you know, saying that's been around as old as time is that sometimes <laughs> the door is closed because it's trying to keep you on the path of where you're meant to be. Right. So Absolutely. when you think that it's not working and you keep trying to force it, you're out of alignment. You're not in flow. Not and, at all. And when you notice that, when you can say, oh, Maybe this marriage that I'm in right now is actually not working for me because of how it feels that I think initially people think, oh, well, I'm just quitting or I'm just giving away. And, and the right thing to do is to stick by and whether it's a, whether it's a failed relationship or a terrible job, right? Like you fill in the blank of what that thing is. But what I'm saying is we've all, we all know what that feels like to be out of alignment and to be in a place that doesn't feel good. And why do you, why do you think it is that we stay? I think it's about trust. 
you know, we don't, we don't trust that life is intelligent Mm. and life always knows what it's doing, you know? And, and whenever, you know, we question that, just look at nature, (laughs) right? Like nature gives us a million cues, like cosmically, like here on planet earth, plant life, the way animals behave, although we have free will. So we're different from animals in that way. But I mean, there are a million cues that we can take from nature, you know, that show us that life has an intelligence. And, and I think also sometimes it's ego, you know, like mm-hmm. we're afraid of failure. We're afraid, you know, and we don't understand that behind all of that, it's like more love, more joy. You know, if you can, if you can allow yourself to go through that temporary discomfort, Mm-hmm. there's actually greater love and happiness for you on the other side, but you do have to go through a temporary discomfort because you have to clean up what you've created Yeah, and, and, and find the lesson in it too, because what you created was, was purposeful, right? So, it, you know, find the lesson in it. Yes. And healing is messy too. You know, I, there's this, there's this statement that like downloaded in me one time and I was like, Oh, this feels like it's for everyone. And you know, life is messy, but what we should be asking ourselves is how can I make life beautiful in the mess? Absolutely. Right. Like we're going to go through things that are hard. We're going to make decisions that if we were making them out of alignment, which for most of our lives, until we, you know, tap into our, our conscious being and we start to do all this work, we are just kind of making the best decision that we can, maybe not fully tuning in. And so because of that, as you just mentioned, then we have these consequences that once we do get to the point where we want to heal, we want to grow, we want to live more consciously part of the healing and the growth is going to be some of that messy stuff yes. so that we can experience the fullness and the beauty that life has to offer. Absolutely. And the messiness is valuable. <laughs> you know, Lots of lessons in that mess. <laughs> it's lots of lessons. It's, it's necessary and it's valuable. You know, mm-hmm. it's just showing us like where we are in relation in our relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. The last piece that I wanted to ask about, because this is a very common term always thrown out when people are going through a healing experience, mm-hmm. when they're growing and they're realizing that these things, as we just mentioned, that are no longer serving them need to be removed and released from their life. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about healthy boundaries and the importance of healthy boundaries. And I was just talking to a friend the other day and she has had to, over the whole course of her life, create healthy boundaries from her family who are extremely abusive and toxic and and all those things. And so for her to be someone who's removed from that, who's living, you know, a healthy lifestyle and all that, that has been a constant tension in her life is, you know, figuring out how to have that healthy boundary. And then once she said it, being at peace with it. So my question to you is how do you help your clients establish healthy boundaries as they start to pursue this new normal? What does that Uh, look like? That is such a good question. And it's so important too. It's so important because you know, once you change your relationships change, right. And, and so the healthy boundaries, things becomes like a major focus (laughs) because you have to implement them. I mean, I think the best advice I could offer is really just staying to what's true for you. Staying true. Because once you, what I've learned, you know, in, in my experience of creating healthy boundaries is when I honor myself, I'm actually honoring everybody else at the same time. 
you know? And so as long as I stay true to myself and like, I'm honoring what is true for me, what feels good for me, what I choose and not in an egotistical way at all. Right. But just in a way that, you know, is, 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 indicates how I want to show up in whatever relationship I'm in, then like it, it honors the other people too, because they learn from me and I'm not even trying to teach them that way. It's just like the nature of how that happens. Yes, absolutely. I think it goes a little bit back to ego, as you were saying earlier too. (laughs) (laughs) Our ego can get in the way and it can start to create different stories that break down those boundaries that are really necessary for a relationship to thrive. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you realize too, that the intimacy that you thought you may have had in a relationship, right? Like you, you see how much deeper there is to go when you allow yourself to have those boundaries and you create so much more intimacy through boundaries, which can kind of sound counterintuitive, right? <laughs> but actually boundaries create greater intimacy. Yes, that's so true. That's so true. And they're also just to, you know, also clarify for our listeners, the difference is there could be healthy boundaries where the person is still in your life and you're just creating a new norm on how you all engage with each other. But it's also okay to set healthy boundaries with people who don't even deserve to be in your life because maybe their only goal is to poison what you're trying to grow. Yeah, and, and in that case, as Ebony, as you just mentioned, it's like putting yourself first is the right thing to do. And that is very, very hard, you know, regardless of which healthy boundary someone may be considering how they should set it. They're both tricky and, and they're both, you know, really, really hard. But I guess the best advice is exactly what you just said, you know, knowing that what you're doing is what's best for you because we're responsible for our life. <laughs> Yeah. Not, not everyone else is even your kids. You're responsible for them up to a certain amount. Then they're gone. Then they're, you know? <laughs> yes. And it's something that, you know, no one has to know that you're setting healthy boundaries. All you have to do is like change your behavior, you know, in the way that feels comfortable for you. It doesn't have to be anything. You have to have a long sit down John, conversation with anyone about. Yeah, you don't have to set like a big declaration. or anything. No, not at all. And, and I would advise not to do that, you know? Right. It's it's really just about you changing how you're being mm-hmm. and and observing how other people are responding to how you're being. Absolutely. Oh, Ebony, this conversation could go on for hours. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I could talk to you for a long time. <laughs> I mean, I I told you I kind of think of questions, but I didn't even get to any. <laughs> And I just thank you. I thank you for being so present in the moment, for sharing your gift, for leaning into your gift, even though, you know, it exposed itself in a way that I know was, I can imagine, I'll say, was a heavy lift for you, you know, to go back and then to go, go through all of these different stages of healing. And you were just so obedient and open and courageous to do all of that. And because you've done that, you are now a blessing to so many. And I just thank you so much for honoring your gifts and living in that space. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's, it's, I've come to understand this as like my life's purpose. You know, it's been too meaningful for me to keep to myself. Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, we celebrate you and the light that you're bringing to this world. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcast.